Dilated people digging in the crates right here. Worst comes to worst, and I think, yo, I I, I think we hit that right. <laughs> but we are trying to persevere, you know. Hundred episode, not the way it was meant to go down, but fuck, yeah. What can you do, right? We're in lockdown, so. We're scaled back But once we're out We're gonna do it up large How everything was planned man But yeah You know what I mean Like everything is still Yo it's still how it is Yo so much Insane shit Yo so There's a pub in Sheffield And so the police Were called to the spot and uh <laughs> like they so they were still open essentially uh, and and people figured they could escape the police by hiding in cupboards that was their ingenious solution the dumb motherfuckers and the crazy thing is right that this this retarded landlord he had already been served notice on another pub he owned in the area right so they'd already hit him for that spot being open so now he's got caught on this one so basically the council is like yeah his licenses are gonna be under review so instead of doing what he should have done he might lose both his businesses which is ah you know what i mean like people just do not think it's crazy it's real crazy but it's like i don't even know man like you peruse the news and there's so much ah man like there's so much just i don't know weird shit happening right now right so, um, like, the way everything is being covered, you know, just these inane stories, like, um, oh, Tom Hardy is reading a bedtime, I don't care what Tom Hardy is doing, I don't care, there's thousands of audiobooks out there with people who, who, who do a better job, it's not like Tom Hardy is a great narrator, you know what I mean? But that's what they want to put out there. Or other stories about some stupid woman who... Oh, I returned all of my business suits and bought loungewear with the... Mu-. Like, how is that a story? You're like, what is happening, man? What is 
happening. There's just these ridiculous things. Like some other guy. This is like, oh, I climbed the equivalent of Everest on my stairs. I'm like, but you didn't climb Everest, motherfucker. Because on your stairs, you're not getting hit with insane temperature changes, with winds, with, you know, snow that could melt your face. Like, it's not the same. It's not the same. People be fronting like crazy. You know what I mean? That, that's all we're getting right now. People wanting to get but her, and we will get into that, definitely get into that, and just this fake bullshit that keeps on getting put out there, you know, like, every time, it's like someone died, but it's, if, uh, uh, you know, an actor, or a musician, or something, like, oh, this person has died, I'm like, yeah, but so is a load of other people, I don't really care, I don't care, stop with the bullshit, I miss the days when we had decent news, you know what I mean, like, there there was a time when, yeah, you could get information, and it meant something, you know what I mean, but now, I don't even know, it's just so much crazy bullshit, you know, so much crazy bullshit. I don't care that Boris Johnson had a baby. Who gives a fuck? Like, really? Who gives a fuck? It's... It means nothing. But that's what we're facing right now. You know what I mean? That is what we're facing. But... You know what I mean? But... There is some interesting, I mean, well, interesting, I don't know, but there's there's been some funny stories, you know, there has been a few amusing stories out, so, um, yeah, let us get into, um, you know, this week's episode, our hundredth episode, dum dum dum, (laughs) <laughs> All right, let's go. So, one thing that really amazes me in it, it is the fact that look, everything is crazy right now, right? Everything is crazy, but some people are using like anything that is said as a way of, you know. Trying to go that, oh, we're being victimised It's like, fucking grow up Like, just seriously, grow the fuck up, right? So, um, you know, Bill de Blasso, who's the New York City mayor You know, he has had a lot of people uh, come out against him because, yeah, he he had to, um, you know, go and help just shut down a funeral, right? So there was a Hasidic Jewish funeral that had over a hundred people at it, 
right? So I think it was a, a, a rabbi had died. And so loads of people came out, even though, right? Even though, you know, it's like everyone's like, yo, no big groups gathering, right? Everyone social distance, you know what I mean? Like, just abide by the rules. Because New York is like the epicenter. Yo, it's crazy with the amount of outbreaks. So, it makes sense. Look, you might think, ah, it's an overreaction. You might think whatever. But, just, you know what I mean? Because it's just like no one really knows. Okay? So, you might think, oh, they're wrong. But, hey, wouldn't you rather just, just be cautious, right? Just be cautious, just in case, just in case you might spread it to a whole heap of other people. You know what I mean? You might kill, like, good friends or the parents of your good friends or whatever. You know, it, it's just, it's as simple as that. We're, we're not, it's not even asking for much. Right, you know what I mean, just, hey, it's, you know, you can think, oh, I miss doing this, right, I miss doing that, but with the times we're living in, you know, with the times we're living in, we have access virtually to so many things, so, yeah, it could be better, but, hey, it could have been a whole lot worse, right? Could have been a whole lot worse. So, um, yeah, basically, the, the, so this funeral happened in Williamsburg, okay? And um, Blasso, like, he, he put out a couple of tweets, right? He put out a couple of tweets that, yeah, now he's getting blasted for. Right, so um, uh, the first one, um, yeah, so his first tweet was, my message to the Jewish community and all communities is this simple. The time for warnings has passed. Right, so I'd say that's pretty clear. Um, and then he said, um, something absolutely unacceptable happened in Williamsburg tonight. A large funeral gathering in the middle of this pandemic. Right? Um, yeah, it, it's, it's crazy. And it's like, what I saw will not be tolerated so long as we are fighting the coronavirus. I think that is pretty clear and it's pretty fair. And yes, he mentioned the Jewish community because it was a Jewish funeral, but he then said, and all communities, and all. So it's not just a Jewish thing, it's not anti-Semitic. People need to calm the fuck down. And so, you know, a, a, a few... Um, Jewish representatives, you know, started to come at him, right, and it's a bit like, listen, 
Yes, you might be a bit like, oh, but it's a funeral, god damn it. But this ain't the time to get butthurt. This ain't the time to, you know, try and posture. It, it's clear it was a Hasidic Jewish funeral. You can't go, oh, it wasn't, right? You you can't take away from that fact. Now, people are saying that, you know, oh, earlier in the day, there are loads of people gathered, right? A, a, a load of people gathered to watch the Blue Arrows, right? And, and, and the Thunderbirds, like, do a, a flyover for the health workers, which, you know, is kind of like, how the fuck is that helping anyone? But anyway, right? So supposedly a lot of people gathered to watch that. But the, I think the difference is, it's you can't really point to anyone specifically, you know, with something like that. You can say, people stay at home, which is a message that is getting repeated continuously. But when it is a specific group, right, you can clearly speak to that group. You know what I mean? You can, and speaking to that group isn't victimizing, isn't bullying, bullying. God damn it. Urgh, my words. But it's just trying to make it clear. So... You know, it's not a bad thing. And he said, all communities. All communities. So, yeah, instead of getting butthurt, they they should just be saying, guys, what the fuck is going on? Why did you all fucking come out for this fucking funeral? You crazy motherfuckers. It's in... Like, there's no reason for it. Right? There's no reason for it. And if all of those people get ill, they brought it on themselves. You mean? They brought it on themselves. But you can guarantee they'll be the first to run to the hospital and be like, I need help. Fix me. Fix me. You sons of bitches. Jesus Christ. <sighs> it's, it's insane. It is insane, right? Oh, my days. It's crazy. And knowing that where you live has such an issue and you're still doing some stupid ass shit like that. Whew. God damn. Man, I have to say, look, <laughs> I, I I wouldn't be mad with with these idiots with their uh, with their genes no longer being around. Wouldn't be a bad thing. Would not be a bad thing at all. Just saying, just saying, right? Okay, so, uh, now, this is some interesting 
news, I feel. And I think it also highlights a big thing that I, I think a lot of people have thought over the years, but, you know, there's, it's been hard to put your finger on it, right? Well, um, this week, it has come out that uh, Switzerland is letting children hang out with their uh, grandparents now. So what it is, it's children under the age of 10. Right, so their health minister of infectious disease, Daniel Koch, has said scientists have concluded that young children do not transmit coronavirus. That's what he's saying. So he's like, Yeah, they can go hug their grandparents. That's what they're saying, right? Um, which is an interesting thing, right? And, and the rationale is like, um, you know, many grandparents live to see their grandchildren. I think that's a generalization. And that it is important for their mental health. <laughs> um, yeah. And they're kind of... He, they're kind of saying that, um, you know, children under the age of 10 don't have the receptors to catch or transmit the disease. But in the, in the same, uh, you know, thing, they've said that, um, you know, it, we're still advising that it should be brief contact. Right. Uh, no babysitting, like, so, why should the contact be brief, you know, it's like, either they're not transmitting, or they are, now, if they're not, then it shouldn't matter how long they're spending, right, it shouldn't matter at all, now, it's a kind of odd as well because no other country has said any of this. No one else is saying, yeah, under 10s, under 10s are fine to hang out with the elderly. So, what it seems, because, you know, Switzerland, it's a small country, you know, and they don't want to be a big country. They, they keep their borders pretty tight, right? And, hey, a small country, old people aren't great for a small country, right? They're not working. They're not bringing any cash to the economy. So, what really is this? You know what I mean? Yeah, what really is this? Kind of feel it's... Uh, Switzerland playing a little, you know, fast and loose. Switzerland being like, hey, we got an old people problem. Let's deal with that shit right now. You know what I mean? So they are weaponizing those children. They are sending those children out. And they are getting rid of those smelly, piss-ridden 
old people. That is what is happening. That's what's happening. There's, yeah, no one else. No one else is down with this. Apart from the Swiss. So, like, Switzerland, you know what I mean? They they always want to sit on the fence, you know? It's just like, oh, yeah, we don't want to go to war. We don't want to... I kind of feel the Swiss are those motherfuckers in the playground who are like, oh, I don't want to fight. But they're going up to one person being like, yo, did you, uh, you know what I mean? Did you hear what, um, you know... They've been saying it against you. And then they go to the other people and being like, Oh, I hear that um thingy wants to fight you. And then they'll go and stand in the corner and just watch everything go crazy. Yeah. Switzerland are low-key motherfuckers. And they're trying to kill their old people. Hey, I ain't mad at it. You know what I mean? I ain't mad at it. Right? Because, yeah, who needs old people? <laughs> They're a drain on society. Get rid of them. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a strange one. It is a strange one. Um, <laughs> and the funny thing is, so, like, this went down in Switzerland, right? And so um, someone asked uh, the... Um, UK health secretary The same question You know Some inept Idiot Was like Oh When can I hug my grandchildren It's just like Okay So all the shit that's going down You know People losing their jobs Wondering How they can pay their bills And you're like, I wanna know How long Before I can hug My grandchildren Grow the fuck up. You, know, you can see them via Skype, FaceTime or Zoom. Wave to them like that. Say hello. You know what I mean? If you want to hug something, get a pet. Get a pet. Jesus. You know what I mean? Just like, come on. Ugh. Anyway, do you know? That person won't be around too much longer. So, uh, yeah, it's all good. It is all good. And calm down, motherfuckers. Calm down. Maybe I'm joking. Who knows? <laughs> uh, but anyway, old people will be dying. You know, it's just nature. That's what happens. So, um, yeah, there you go. Alright, on to the next. Alright, so there's this case going right now where a transgender man um, gave birth to his son but wants to be on the birth certificate as the father rather than the mother. Which you kind of think, I, what really is the big deal? You know? Because, like, 
everywhere else, that's not even going to matter. Like, no one's going to see the birth certificate, really. Like, no one's going to be like, um, oh, what's your birth certificate? Like, I've never shown my birth certificate. The only time you ever have to kind of bring out the birth certificate is what, like, when you first apply for a passport. You know what I mean? Some minor ball. Otherwise, yeah, birth certificate doesn't come out. You know what I mean? So it's kind of baffling, I, I feel, right? And the other thing is, you birthed the kid. You know, like you birthed a kid, right? So on a genetics level, right, you didn't give semen, you birthed it. So just on that genetic level of things... You didn't father the child. That is so. It, it yeah, it's that weird thing. And like, look, if he had adopted the child, you know, what I mean? so if the child had come in any other way, like, yeah, you probably could, you know, just be down as the dad. But in this instance, if you chose to birth. The kid Then Like what 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 do you think Like what, what I don't understand what you think is happening Here uh, And like how people are I don't know Like treading on your rights Or anything like that It's just a real Odd situation you know, I, I kind of feel that there is a lot of other shit. If you want to be campaigning, if you want to be fighting, there's way bigger fights. You know what I mean? Like, there's way bigger fights out there. Like, this is just some insignificant thing. Right? It's an insignificant thing, really, if you want to break it. If you want to break it down on just the simplest level. You know, like, you birthed a kid. That's it. That, like, this, you know, I mean, that kind of just says it all. Like, what, what else do you think, like, this means? It, it's a bizarre situation. It, like, it really is. You know, because it's kind of like, yeah, if, if you didn't want this confusion, get a surrogate. You know, like, that's the only other thing you can kind of say to this. Because you don't have sperm. Like, <laughs> I don't know, it's, it's crazy. So, I think this is his third attempt to uh, get this changed. But he's saying that he is going to take it to the Supreme Court now. Which does seem like uh, you're just wasting so much time. So much craziness. I don't know. I don't know. Like, yeah. And maybe I'm wrong. <laughs>
maybe I'm missing something here. But uh, yeah, it just seems like it's a, it's just a crazy fight, you know, because the kid isn't gonna, you know, the kid isn't gonna go, wait, you're my mum, wait, what, huh? Like, like, the kid ain't gonna be confused. The kid is just gonna grow up and go, oh, you're my dad, you know what I mean? Like, the kid ain't gonna be confused. So, yeah, what is this about? Right? What really is this about? And that's what sometimes you have to just look at these things, right? You know, like, what really is the end goal here? Is this just like, oh, I'm doing this for all transparent? Are you? Are you? You know, or is this more about you? Is this more about you? And that, yeah. I mean, that's always the question that needs to be asked with certain things. Are we doing it for this big cause? You know, are we doing it for those that will come after us? Or do we just want that moment in the spotlight? You know what I mean? Yeah. You gotta wonder, right? You gotta wonder. Like, it's a it's a weird situation, right? I think a lot of times people come out and go, Oh, I'm a victim, you know what I mean? Like, oh, this bad thing has happened, blah, 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 blah. But then you see that person kind of instigate shit. And it's a bit like... When there's a repercussion to that, then they start going, oh, I'm, they're bullying me, I'm a victim again. And it's just like, you just instigated that whole thing. What the fuck is wrong with you? You know? And I think this seems to be the case with Taylor Swift, who, you know, maybe she's losing her mind because she's locked in her house. I don't know. But... Right, so her former record label put out a, a a live recording. You know, she did a a radio performance, and they've now released it. And yeah, she decided to throw shade at that, which you kind of think it's just like just leave it alone. You know, like it's not. The crazy thing is, it's not impacting her, right? She's still making her money. She's still doing her thing. So this release, it really does nothing to her, you know? Does nothing to her at all. But yeah, she's still going down. So she put this message out on Instagram, Hi guys, I want to thank my fans for making me aware that my former record label is putting out an album of live performances of mine tonight. This recording is from 2008, radio show performance I did when I was 18. But Big Machine has listed a date as 2017 release, but they're actually releasing it tonight at midnight. 
I'm always honest with you guys about this stuff So I just wanted to tell you This release is not approved by me It looks to me like Scooter Braun and his financial backers 23 Capital, Alex Soros and the Soros family And the Carlyle Group have seen the latest balance sheets And realised that paying $330 for my music was an exactly wise choice And they need money In my opinion, just another case of shameless greed in the time of coronavirus. So tailless, but very transparent. And it's just like, nothing is transparent because you do not know why this has come out. Like saying, oh... Yeah, they're losing so much money So they, you know, they realised that buying my music was a bad choice Like, you don't even know that Like, putting it out like that That it's truth It's kind of weird, right? And just the whole I'm always honest with you guys It's like, no you're not Like, you're not telling your fans all the minutiae, everything that's going on in your life, you know, all, all the bullshit that you've gone through, all the mistakes, you you tell people the things you want them to know, the narrative you want them to know, so it, it's just, it's a weird thing to put out there, you know, it's, it's a weird thing to just kind of Go at them at, right? You don't like, you know, your your former record label. Everyone knows this. Like, you don't like the fact that they own, you know, your first six albums. Even though you signed that fucking contract. Right? So this is the crazy thing, right? She signs that contract. And yes, she's, you know, she was 14 at the time. But she would have had a manager, right? It, it's it's not like back in the day when, you know, you, you speak to any of, like, the old school recording artists and their contracts were bullshit. You know, just terrible fucking contracts, right? And it's just like, nowadays, people know this shit. Because it's been talked about so many times You know, like For, you know, one thing You know, the the, the, the Michael Jordan documentary is out, right? And Scotty Pippen Signed a shit contract He signed a shit contract And at the time You know, the manager of the Bulls was like Mmm I wouldn't sign that contract if I was you It's not a great contract Because I think it was like a 13 year contract, right? But at the time You know, Pippin He had a lot of dependence And he, he was having some injury issues So he didn't know If, you know He'd be like a continuous starter He didn't you know, he didn't want to take the chance Because that's what you do You take that risk, you take a chance You go, I'm this So I deserve this And he was just like, yeah, fuck it I just want, 
I want a guaranteed sum of money to resign the bullshit contract, right? So later on, he 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 held out for more, but he signed that contract. He knew what he was doing going in, right? So she signed that contract. She would have had managers. She would have had, you know, or even if she didn't, you there, you know, there's the ability to find out, right? There's the ability to find out, is this a good contract? Is this a good deal? She didn't do it. She signed the contract. And now it's just this continuous war of words. And it's just like, look, someone who, who wants to play themselves as a, a sweet, innocent person and all of this it's just like you don't engage with this shit you let them put out their thing who cares you know you work on your like all this time she's probably got a home studio right probably got a home studio so she can be working on a new album where She's getting that money. They're not getting anything from her new shit. So just concentrate on that. Like, why do this shit? Because it, it's not going to look good. Right? If shit goes to court and blah, blah, blah. This is the kind of shit that they go back to. And they find and go, oh, this shows this. Right? So it, it's just... Yeah, it's a weird fucking thing, you know, just to, you know, be mad at someone for making money, even though you're crazy ass rich, right, they're all crazy ass rich, but they're bickering, like, they're scrapping for, you know, bread, it's insane, it's fucking insane, like, she's saying they're crazy, shamelessly greedy. But it's like, what the fuck are you? And then just to, and the, cra- the thing is to, like, put it on to, you know, the current situation. That's the cherry on top of all of this. You know, because if, if it was just coming out and going, oh, they're assholes. But it's just like, they're trying to take advantage in this current class. And it's just like, what are you talking about? How is it taking advantage at this current time? Yeah, it, it's, it's not like they're selling PPE, right? And it's just like, oh, we have hand sanitizer. It's a hundred pounds a bottle. No, they're putting out a fucking live album. And that is it, you crazy ass fool. Jesus Christ. Some people, man. It's just insane. And... I, I guarantee if there is any backlash against her, she will come out and say, I'm being bullied. I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> That's right, Siri. <laughs> no one does. <laughs> Yo, so Jeff Bezos and Amazon 
do get a lot of heat, right? And, you know, it's been said on many occasions that they are killing off bookshops, right? And and it's their fault that so many have closed over the years. But, right, so recently, um, you know, the book trade charity has started a, a fundraising initiative to help like publishers and bookstores, you know, because many have had to shut because, you know, nothing can really be open right now. Although, you know, you kind of feel the bookstores could be open, you know, because they could potentially sell books online, right? Um, but yeah, a lot probably don't you know, they haven't set up that capability, so yeah, there's, there's this charity, uh, to, um, kind of raise money and to help them, but, right, so Amazon came to them, and were like, yo, we want to help out, so here's 250,000, but, you know, ah, you, you don't have to, you don't have to say it's from us, Right, keep it on the low low, right? So that's what happened. Now, right, so the thing is, they're like, ah, but we kind of had to put it out there. And I do think to myself, you kind of didn't. (laughs) You you really didn't. Um, Not that it's a bad thing. I just, I just, it just amuses me that they're like, yeah, Amazon asked us to keep it on the low, um, but we, our hands were kind of forced, <laughs> and so, um, a, a trade publication called Bookseller ran a story, and it said because you know, three hundred and eighty thousand had been raised. Right, so far, and so bookseller ran a story saying that two hundred and fifty thousand of that came from a mystery donor. That's all that happened, and <laughs> that's all that happened. You know what I mean? It's just like, okay, yeah, that's true, and you could just leave it at that. But yeah, the book trade charity are just like, ah, damn it. <laughs> God, you caught us And so, yeah, yeah, they put out the story That it was Amazon, in fact, that um, donated that money So, yeah, it's not a bad thing It's not terrible But I just, I find it amusing How, um, you know, (laughs) the charity were like Damn what could we we have to we have to reveal it was Amazon now <laughs> and like the crazy thing is right so they're saying that yeah you know there might be some conflicts because hey there's a lot of book sellers that have a strained relationship with Amazon which yeah you I get it right I understand because you know, you, you see this huge mega organisation who are selling books a lot cheaper than what you can. And you're like, God damn it, girl, you're taking our business. Which, 
you know, they're definitely, they're taking some business for sure, right? But, so this is the thing, right? People love a bookshop. You know, people, there's a lot of people that just don't like Kindles, don't like ebooks. Because they like to hold a book. They like the smell of a book. They like the fact of physically turning a page. And, you know, there is something nice about a bookshop. You know, you go in and it's got that kind of, it's got that distinctive smell. Like some of them have got like these real nice comfy seats. You can sit down, you know, you can flick through a book, see if you, you know, read the back, see, hmm, yeah, sounds good. Or, you know, they have like recommendation tables of like, oh, this is what the staff recommend in this genre and this genre. And, And so you have all of this, you know, if the staff are friendly, that's a big help. Some places sell coffee and shit. You know, so it's a nice little vibe, right? So, if you have that, that's, you know, you can't get that online, right? So, if you can create this ambiance, boom, you're going to have customers. And on top of that, so you have that, but have a website. Have the capacity to sell shit online. You know, work out like little membership schemes. Work, you know, you can work out offers. It's kind of look, you can keep your business going, but you have to be inventive. And some people just aren't, right? Some people are a little lazy. Facts are facts. Regardless of all of that, right? If a bookshop is a bit like, um, you know what? Yeah, we're struggling right now, but we don't want to take any of that money because Amazon, you know, they put in most of that, so we can't take. Then, hey, you're going bust, <laughs> Yuri. You're going bust. If if you are so prideful that you can't take money from someone trying to help you out, then, hey, you should never be in business. So, yeah, sucks to be you. <laughs> you know, it just sucks to be you. It's a ridiculous, it would be a ridiculous mindset. Right, I don't think any anyone um, in like the book industry, in the pub, you know, the book selling industry would have thought that Amazon would be doing this shit. So the fact they are, it's like they know that, you know, I think they understand what bookshops mean, right? So, you know, they kind of think, yeah, it'd be a sad day if physical bookshops went. And they even opened up their own, I think there was a few, right? A few kind of Amazon bookshops. So they understand. You know what I mean? So yeah, like if if you are dumb enough to be like, yeah, we're not taking Amazon's money, then yo, you, you should never have a bookshop. It's as simple as that. You know what I mean? 
be thankful and use this time to think of better ways to keep your shit cool. This is because you can still be there. Hear me? Like everyone can function in this kind of ecosystem. Yeah, just need to be inventive. It's as simple as that. Right? Build it and they will come. Ha. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe. It's not as simple as what Costa might have you think. But yeah, it is a thing. So um yeah, hats off to Amazon, man. That, that was a nice it's a nice look. Gotta gotta say it, man. Gotta say it. Alright, so I, I you know what? I think this is a great way to end things, right? So there's a lot of crazy shit happening right now. You know what I mean? It's a lot of doom and gloom. Like always trying to you know, talk about death rates and oh it's a record high and you know all of this. Which yeah, we realize this. Right? We don't need this constant ah, you know, delude of shit. It's crazy. So it's nice when something makes you chuckle. You know, something puts a smile on your face. And so hats have to go off to Jane Castor. And if you don't know who Jane is, she is the mayor of Tampa Bay. Right? And, um, hey, a lot's been happening with Tampa right now. You know, Tom Brady, he's signed. And so is uh, Gronk. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, it's the other week, Brady, you know, he's, he's now in Tampa, and he wanted to get a little exercise in, but he was asked to leave the park, and, you know, you kind of feel, ah, you know, an empty park, him just, you know, doing his thing, what's the harm, right, so, you know, the mayor, she sent a letter, and she addressed everything, right? So this is what it said. Dear Tom and Gronk, I want to personally welcome you both to Tampa. We are all very excited to have you here in our beautiful city. You will quickly find that Tampa has a lot to offer. For starters, you can leave your winter clothes behind. All you need here are shorts and sunscreen. A popular misconception is that there are no seasons here in the Sunshine State. However, you will find that we have endless summers, three or four cold days in the winter, and of course, allergy season. Tom, my apologies for the miscommunication when you arrived. Not the best impression, but given my law enforcement background, I couldn't help... But have someone investigate the sighting of a goat running wild in one of our beautiful city parks. No harm, no foul, and thanks for being a good sport. I also want to thank you and Giselle for your generous donation to Feeding Tampa Bay. Our community comes together in good times and bad to lend a hand in this unprecedented time. Your kindness has shone, shone brightly and will help so many in need there are so many wonderful activities for your family to enjoy including Bosch Gardens the Florida Aquarium Zoo Tampa 
museums and world-class beaches, just to name a few. We also have parades for just about every occasion, but our signature event in Gasparilla Pirate Invasion and Parade falls into the have-to-see-it-to-believe-it category. This third largest parade in the nation is always big fun, so you must be ready to partay, but not too hard. I'm talking to you, Gronk, as some Super Bowl, uh, I don't know, was it 25? No, 55. I don't know. LV? Urgh. Have no clue what that means. I forget. My bad. Is the following weekend and we need to keep our eye on the prize. A dent-free Lombardi trophy. There is plenty for you to do as well, Kronk. Although we have to socially distance right now, in no time you will be able to enjoy your nightlife and electric neighbourhoods. Places like Soho, Armature Works, Sparkman Wharf and Yoba City, which is home to the Cuban sandwich, the cigar industry and wild chickens seriously just remember no shirt no shoes no service is still in effect around here we are so glad to have you here while most people retire and come to florida you came out of retirement to head our way that shows the competitive mindset we are used to while sticking to the ARP at the same time. Looking forward to growing used to the Gronk spike. So let's get serious. How can we help you guys win the Lombardi Trophy in Super Bowl? LV, it is our aim to be the first team to win a Super Bowl in our backyard. We dream big and set the bar high around here. More importantly, we just get things done. Thanks again for choosing Tampa Bay Buccaneers and in turn, our beloved city. This is a very exciting time and we look forward to welcoming you with virtual open arms. A proper Tampa welcome will have to wait for a while. Tampa is the greatest city in the nation and it is my sincere hope that you will both be proud to call it home. Um, and the sign-off is uh, kind of cute too. Um, P.S. Tom, it's Tampa Bay. You win us a Super Bowl and we'll discuss Tampa Brady. Yeah, I, I, I think that's pretty amusing, you know. It's light-hearted, it's a little bit of fun, and kind of that's what's needed right now, you know what I mean? So, um, hats off to uh, Jane Caster. Nice. Alright, let's move things along. Okay, people, so we had some grappling at the weekend. It was Submission Underground 13. So that means, um, yeah, there's another chin check. So once you finish this, people, make sure you go and download that to find out everything that went down. And it was a fun event. So, uh, yeah, 
check it out. Okay, good stuff. Okay, uh, all I can say is Ricky Gervais is an arsehole. He is a complete and utter shit. I'm just like, he he does the most irritating, ah, so irritating. Right, so I I just watched um, this week season two of Afterlife, and it just like it ended, and you just really want to punch him in the mouth. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, it's just frustrating as hell. So. Afterlife is a, you know, it's a, it's his new show on Netflix, um, and, and the gist was, you know, it was about a guy called Tony, and his wife had died unexpectedly of, uh, cancer, and he decided that his nice guy persona is, um, is gone, you know, he's now got a devil make care attitude, and um, he doesn't really care, you know, so that was kind of the first season, he was just gonna, you know, offend everyone, he doesn't care because his life is now ruined, uh, Gervais, you know, he's starring in it, he wrote it, he directed it, um, yeah, it's got a great cast, you know, um, Tom Baston, Tony Way, Diane Morgan, Mandeep Dillon, David Bradley, Kerry Goldiman, Ashley Jensen, of course, um, Paul Kay. Uh, it's, it's a great cast. Joe Wilkinson, Penelope Wilton, um, Rosanne Conti. Yeah, it, it it's a great it's a great cast, you know. You you gotta like it. And season one was an interesting one, right? Because uh, the again, it's like uh there's some frustration in it, but it was just full of these really nice little moments. And by the end. It's just kind of really warmed the heart, as it were. Uh, but season one ended with Tony um, asking Emma, who, you know, played by Jansen, she's works at the care home where his dad's at, and he used to see her every day when he visited his dad. Uh, and so it ended with him, you know, finally... Asking her out for a drink So There was this This little ray of sunshine at the end And you're like oh well that's nice Isn't it So you're kind of thinking okay So where are they going to go with season 2 Right Um, Because you know Obviously You know He's not Fixed Right, and that's I think that's the thing you like about Gervais's stuff. It it doesn't necessarily kind of go with this narrative that 
okay, everything's fine now. So here we go. You know, it, it plays it a bit more realistic. So, yeah, you're thinking, okay, so how are things going to move forward in series two? Now, the gist of that is, um, you know, Tony, he's still struggling with immense grief for his wife. Despite this, Tony tries to become a better friend to those around him as each grapple with their own problems. These only intensify with the looming threat of the local newspaper where Tony is a journalist being shut down. And um, will the town's local Andram show lift everyone's spirits? So, yeah, you know, there's a lot to kind of play with here. Um, it's still you know, only six episodes, which is good. They're around, uh, I don't know, like 25 minutes, 30 minutes an episode. So, yeah, nothing drags. Everything um, pretty much moves along. And so we're kind of like, all right, what's going to happen? And, yeah, I, I, I don't know. So... Watching all of it, it's kind of, ah, there was a lot that was irritating, right, there was a lot, it's like, I I don't know, It's, it's kind of odd, because I did, there was a charm about the first season, right, and watching this one, a lot of it just felt a little bit um, script, scripted, I'm, um, yeah, kind of scripted, kind of just flat, like, you know, because we see a lot of flashback videos, okay, so of, of Lisa, he's, his wife, um, so there's all these videos of him pranking her, or, you know, just things like that, but they always just felt like it's all kind of scripted for the camera. You know, they're literally these little improbs that are just created for this rather than an incident that you just caught on camera. You know, that's the kind of feeling I kind of got from those. Which is a bit like, I don't remember if I felt that way about them in, you know, season one. I can't really remember. Uh, so there was that. And then yeah, there's these, like, moments in it that just... I, it just feels a bit like... Uh, I don't, people don't talk like that. You know, like, at the very beginning, um, he's... Uh, his friend from the newspaper, Lenny, drops by the house, um, you know, to kind of pick him up on the way to a job, and he's like, oh, are you okay, and he's like, yeah, and then he just sits down, and he's just like, oh, well, you know, this is happening, and this is that, and it's just like, and then he gets up and goes, all right, well, let's go, and it's just like, wait, huh, wait, what? What was that? You know, it didn't really feel like a conversation or, you know, just something 
even a breakdown. It was just like, it, it, you know, it seemed more like, let's tell the viewers the feeling of this moment kind of thing. I don't know. That's what it seemed like to me anyway. And then there was these other moments in it. Like, um, people would just turn up to the house and walk in. You are uninvited. And it's just like, you know, he'd, Tony would be like, oh, what are you doing? Oh, nothing. Oh, and they just help themselves to his breakfast. And it's just like, what? And, ah, it, it's just a bit like, mm, you know, this is just trying too hard to be amusing. To be funny Like there's this one bit when um, Oh gosh uh, The postman guy Whose name has um, Completely Just <laughs> Left up my head um, He uh, stops by the house And he's like Oh can I use your toilet Oh it's some Joe, Joe Wilkinson plays him Yeah and, and and he stops by the house and he's like Oh, can I use your toilet? And so he's like, ugh, yeah, fine And then what plays out from there You're just like Huh? Like, no one No one Would just let that go That's insane but it's also, it, you know, it just, I don't know, for me, it just felt like it's trying too hard. Like it's, uh, you know, look, this bit, this is funny. People laugh at this. This is, yeah, this is a joke. Get it, people. And so, yeah, that those kind of bits, mm, I just, yeah, they just don't. That's not what I like, you know what I mean? Um, I, I always felt like the, the charm of The Office and extras was that it didn't do things like that. It was a bit more real. You know, like if that had happened in, you know, one of those, the reaction would have been completely different. You know what I mean? Like... If someone turned up to your house and just did that shit, you'd just be like, get the fuck out now. You know what I mean? You drag them out, you beat them, you, you know, it'd be, uh, or, or maybe I'm just psycho. Um, I don't know. But I feel it'd be different, right? So, yeah, there was these kind of things. And then there's just other, there was these other moments that just a little bit coying. You know, like, are you going to save the paper? Are you going to... It's the only job I love. Oh, I don't know what to do because everything else in life is just a bit like, oh. It's like, yeah, I'm going to save the paper. Oh, do you promise? And he's just like, wait, what? No, that's not a real conversation. You know, like, these, these weird things kept on going on. Like, Matt's visits... To a psychiatrist Which Were just baffling 
You know what I mean? They just, just and all the interactions he had with the psychiatrist, like bumping to him in the pub and stuff like that. We're just like, wait, this makes no sense. What the fuck is this? You're like, at first, you can be like, <laughs> you know, once. It's a bit like, yeah, 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 no, that's funny. But then when it keeps on going on, you're like, wait, who is going to continue going? You're like, surely there's other people you could go see. You know what I mean? Like, that's the only person. Because it's just like, look, and if it was free, you could understand, right? If 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 it was, the, the whole situation was framed with, I can't really afford a psychiatrist, but this guy's offered me a service for free. He's kind of crazy, but uh, what else can I do? So I'm just going to go there. Then you'd be like, all right, I get it, I understand. But if you're paying for it, you're just like, wait, wh- why? Why the fuck? Huh? No. And it, and it was never really, it was never confronted. You know, like, Tony said one thing in the pub, but that was it. And so it, it, it's these kind of, these moments of it, they didn't work, I felt, right? So it's these things that I'm just a bit like, God damn it, this is shit. But, right, this is the frustrating, this is another frustrating thing. Like, because around all of this stuff, around all of that, there's these really nice moments, there's these really nice kind of bits of dialogue and conversations, interactions that just work so well, you know what I mean, like when, um, I think Gervais is talking to, uh, oh gosh, ah, Names, what's it with names? Sandy, he's talking to Sandy at work, and um, he he's just saying, I think she's just like, oh yeah, I'm single and it's rubbish, and I'm going to this thing on my own. He's like, I'm going on my own, and she's just like, no no, no oh I understand, and he's just like, no no no, I'm not saying it, you know, to go oh feel sorry for me because my wife died, and then he breaks down kind of just what relationships mean to him and that's a nice little moment right um and there's a few different some of the interactions he tony has with sandy are just really nice you know uh then you've got um when he's talking to emma there's a, a lot of the time some of the things he's like saying with emma are just Nice, and it doesn't feel forced. And when he's talking to Lisa to her, when he's no, sorry, talking about Lisa to her, when he's is that a sentence? Hmm, I think it is. When he's talking to her about Lisa, 
Ah, yes, that's the sentence. That works, right? Yes, yes. Well, when that's happening, it it, it feels real, you know, and and that's the charm of this series at its core. It's these these real moments, these moments that feel like actual life, you know. It's not. Oh, I'll convince you not to do, you know, to sell. That's just like, oh, well, that was easy, wasn't it? (laughs) Is that all it takes? (laughs) If only I could fix life like that, everything wouldn't be so shit. You know, those things are just like, ah. But it's the these things that are actually real. That's what just makes you go. Yeah. No, I get that. And it hits you there. You know what I mean? That's what works about this. And yeah, there are, you know, as I say, look, for me, there were, there's stuff in this that just doesn't quite hit the mark. But there are also a lot of moments that really do, you know, that really just bring out this, ah, like this charm, and it's just like, and sometimes it's just a little thing, you know, when Kath walks over and gives Tony a hug, I like, it's just a, you know what I mean, just uh, these silly moments and things like that, or when Matt is is talking with his wife, and she's just like, well, no. Was it, you know, well, tell her that's ridiculous. You're going with your wife and your son, and it and it's just like these these little moments that are just like, hmm, yeah, and that's why when you finish the show and the way the show ends, ah, uh, it was such a great ending. It was such a great ending. Like at first, uh, you know what I mean? At first, I'm just like, ah, what are you doing here? What are you doing? And when you watch it, you'll get it, right? Because you, you see him do a thing and the dog's like, ah, don't. And you're just like, eh, but what? Really? And it's not just... Uh, it's not quite just like if that had gone to fruition. Because I wouldn't even have been mad at that. But I, I ju- it's just the way it happened. Like, watch a bit and then, but, 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 and it's just like, ah, that's a bit too, it's just a bit too simple. Right? It's just a bit too simple. But it, I think it's just that kind of, you know, when it was just like, yeah, no, that, that will work, I'll, I'll, I'm okay with that, and you'll know when you watch the end, like, what, you know, I'm not looking to spoil it, uh, but yeah, you get, you'll get what I'm talking about when, if, when you've seen the very ending of it, and it's just like, I like that. You know, because it's just kind of 
Firstly, because it's not just a... It's not like this, you know, this ah, saccharine sweet ending. You know, it's not ridiculous ending. It's kind of realistic in the fact that, yeah, it, like things don't always kind of go to a certain plan. You know, life doesn't always... It's not wrapped in a bow. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's always a compromise. But then if you want like if you really want something, right? And you break it down. And it's just like, what do you actually want here? And it's just like, yo, I just I enjoy kicking it with this person. You know? And it's just like, ah, oh, but, you know, I want a three-bed house, but I want a two-bed house. And it's just like, ah, oh, we just can't, we don't want the same things. And it's just like, no, that's ridiculous. You do want the same things. It's, you know, it's just the aesthetics. So just fucking get over it. Because that doesn't, what the extra bedroom doesn't mean anything, right? And so it's just that I feel... Yeah, it was just that realisation that, you know what, this, this works, right, so let's just see, let's just see, and that's great, that, that, that I really liked, you know what I mean, yeah, because I'm an arsehole, <laughs> ah, but fuck it, what can I say, man? What could I say? Now, look, even though, I've, you know, I, I've said what I've said, right? And yes, there, there's the, these things that frustrate the shit out of me. <laughs> you know, I, I feel that anyone that really, really liked season one, I think they will like season two, right? I, th I think people that enjoyed Derek... You know, they will really enjoy this. Like, I think this will probably play out to the majority in a uh, definitely a more positive way than, you know, maybe the, to the little gripes I've had with it. You know, because I, I've definitely seen people talk about the... You know, the can I use a toilet bit as being hilarious And I'm just like, really? You know what I mean? So, yeah, I, I, I think I'm a bit of a grumpy motherfucker um, <laughs> But, yeah, I, I, I think a lot of people will enjoy this So, yeah, if you enjoyed season one If you like all the other stuff Gervais does You know, then, yeah, definitely check this shit out um, but I will say, right, it, for anyone that just maybe they don't like, you, if you don't like anything else, you have to admit the end was lovely. I, I feel, right, I, I don't think anyone can say that the ending was terrible. Maybe, well, I mean, you can, but I, I just think the ending was great. So, uh, yeah. That is Afterlife Season 2. It's on Netflix, so boom. You can watch it at your pleasure. And if you haven't seen Season 1, check it out. I mean, it will definitely don't watch Season 2 if you haven't watched Season 1. I mean, it will work, but 
why? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, why would you do that? That's some crazy ass shit. Uh, yeah. But there you go, people. Afterlife. Boom. Yo, so people, I have been looking forward to this for ages. Oh my gosh. And when the audio book got put back, I was just, ah, it was so frustrating. Um, but I am talking about book eight of Ben Aronovich's Rivers of London series. Sometimes known as the Peter Grant series. But yeah, it's false value. Um, it's read, as always, by Kobner Holbrook-Smith, who really does help make these books. He, he's just the epitome of a great audiobook narrator. It's just... What he brings is incredible. It's amazing. These are great books and they just get better as they go on um i do kind of take credit for the graphic novel series after mentioning it at a a, a a reading that i went to um i am a little behind on them though um because i didn't get them straight away just because i'm not i don't the art i don't love the art the art's okay, but I don't love the art. Um, but anyway, that's a tangent, man. That's a side tangent. A side tangent? It's a side tangent? I don't even know. Would that be a thing? No, I think the side thing is something else, but the tangent is the tangent, right? Um, side track. Yes. Okay. Let's go. Um, Alright, so the book, yes, the book. Like the gist of the story is this. Peter Grant is facing fatherhood and an uncertain future with equal amounts of panic and enthusiasm. Rather than sit around, he takes a job with emigre Silicon Valley tech genius. Terence Skinner's brand new London startup, the Serious Cybernetics Company. Drawn into the orbit of Old Street's famous Silicon Roundabout, Peter must learn how to blend in with people who are both civilians and geekier than he is. Compared to his last job, Peter thinks it should be a doddle. But magic is not finished with Mama Grant's favourite son. Because Tenants Skinner has a secret hidden in the bowels of the SCC. A technology that stretches back to Ada Lovelace and Charles Baggage. A forward to the future of artificial intelligence. A secret that is just as magical as it is technological and just as dangerous. Now, I think this is one of the things that I was so intrigued about this book. And why, you know, when it got pushed. Because I think it was meant to come out originally in November. Um, what the audio book. Because I think the normal, the book book did, but the audio book got pushed back. 
Um, and yeah, I I was just like um, the fact that well, I mean the way the last book finished, right? You know what I mean the nameless man, all of that shit. It was just like what, huh? Yo, you did that, and so with this one, it it is kind of like. A completely different setting Which you can understand It makes some sense You know, because you had seven books uh, As the police And, you know, you kind of resolved That whole big arc that was going through it But You know, you want to mix it up But what about all them peoples That we've met and just are incredible, man. You know what I mean? Molly, Toby, Galid. You know what I mean? All of them. Plus the Nightingale. The Folly. It's just like, oh shit. What's gonna happen, man? So that was the thing. It was just like, how is the transition going to be? How is this all gonna work? I don't know. Oh shit. And throw in the mix. Beverly is pregnant? What? What the hell does that mean? I mean, I know what being pregnant means, but what does it mean for a goddess of the river, right? Oh shit. Throw as well the fact a goddess and a practice. Tishina having a kid Oh What are we gonna get Huh So yeah There's a lot to kinda Look forward to here And The book starts out And Aronovich has done Something that he hasn't Done really With the other books Like The um we we have time frames jumping back and forward at the start of this, which is interesting. Because yeah, I don't believe he's done that. Now we've had um kind of like oh this happened in fairy like many years ago or you know what I mean. But I, I don't even think that was at the beginning as well. But that's the kind of only thing Or when he's kind of visited um, Like Mr. Punch in Was it the 18th century? Something like that And then um, Father Thames Like back in the day in Roman time But yeah, that was not the beginning Those bits But that's the only kind of time it's kind of happened but with this, we get a few different time-lapse jumps, which is very interesting. It works, you know? It, it definitely works. And I think it works with this story as well. Definitely works with this story. And, yeah, when you find something out, it is at the perfect time. There's, I don't think 
you could have dragged it any longer But to do it any earlier Would have been a bit of a like Ah man You know what I mean So yeah There is a lot to unpack with this one I have to say though Anyone that is a fan of the series And I don't Like for me there hasn't been a dud book so far And the comics Really enjoying the comics Um, But yeah I forget my point (laughs) Um, hmm. Oh I think it was just the fact that um, Yet to do something different Like writing style um, Wise even Yeah that's, that's That was a brave move But yeah it worked It really worked I very much enjoyed it I like the new things that come with the book as well We get a a lot of evolution with characters And that kind of thing So that's all interesting We get a few little kind of brief appearances Um, Yeah, Foxglove that whole situation um it, it is kind of clarified it yeah we we get a great story here which yeah i i i wasn't quite sure how the tech thing was going to work but it does work it really does work and i have to say I wouldn't mind working at that company too (laughs) No way Yo, just for the vending machines Just for the vending machines Like some of those I didn't even know if they were I want to know if all the vending machines that are mentioned Are actual vending machines Because if they are And I kind of imagine that they would be Because I know Aronovich does a lot of research and shit um, like I often seen the Twitter posts of I need German for this. <laughs> What's the translation for this? So, yeah, but I'm intrigued to where you would ever find them because trust me, I have never worked at a place with vending machines like that. God damn it! I have to say as well though, I don't know what I feel about a sushi vending machine. I think I might be a little paranoid about the validity of that fish. You know what I mean? Like, uh, when was it packed up? And is it working properly? Because, you know, you can say, yeah, there's a fridge. Obviously, there must be a fridge inside. But, you know, to get fish at the end of the day, you'd be like... I I mean, is this safe? Is this safe, right? Hmm But yes, vending machines are great The workplace is great Hey, the characters we meet there Yo, we see some interesting cats So yeah, that's a thing Um, And, you know, the evolution of Alexa is all of that is just very intriguing, and it just 
really kind of takes the story a little bit for we get to learn about oh <laughs> yo just some new shit we get a little look at some new shit which is always intriguing because you do wonder right um you know because we, we we've we've seen we had some chinese magicians um was that was in the last book i think that was in the last book i forget which book Ah, oh, my memory can be shit but we had the chinese ones you know we've had did we have american practitioners i think there was american practitioners so we've we've seen a few different new kind of additions in this wizardry world but it's just like how far can it go what else is there because we you know we've had the fairy stuff oberon you know the unicorns which aren't the unicorns all these little chicks be digging though yo that unicorn was kind of oh <laughs> you know um but yeah so it's always interesting when we, we we delve into new corners of this world which is our world so it's kind of like is it a folly because i know those parts of london I I need to check the next time I'm in that area. Yeah, you, know I mean? you go like, oh, have I been missing this all this time? I wish I was. Imagine that, people. Imagine that. Yo, you're you're. I don't know. You go somewhere and some motherfucker breaks out a formulae. God damn. Yeah, that'd be something, right? But um, yes, this book, it's great. It is really great. Uh, you, you're going to love it. For real, you're going to love it. And listen, there's other great audiobooks, right? Scott Brick, he's a real good narrator. Stefan Rabnicki, you know, you got cats like that. But Kolbner Holbrook-Smith just kills the game. So, I will, look, with this one, people, with this one, with this series, you need to just fuck the paperbacks, fuck the hardbacks, you're in, Kindle don't even come close. People, get the audiobook. Get the audiobook, because it will change your life. It's that goddamn good. Harry, you will not. Hey, once you go, you won't want to go back. It's that awesome, man. It's that awesome. So, check out Force Value. Hey, there's nothing false about it. Trust. But check it out. It's book eight in the Rivers of London series. And... Yo, it's a great addition. It's a great story. Uh, and I just love the way when things get to a certain spot and you're like, okay, so that's that and that, right? And then we get a little 
nice little twisty thrown up in there. And it's not just, it's not a run of the mill twist, right? It is done in a real nice way that makes sense. And it you you're not kind of feeling, eh, it's just a just to add on a few more pages. No, it makes sense. It's great listening and you're going to love this, people. So, yeah, go do it. Go check it. Have fun. And, um, yo, when you do, leave a comment, people. Come, let, let's talk about this shit. You know what I mean? Boom. Okay, people. So, we are drawing to the end of another episode And we got a bit of TV news before we bounce Alright, so We've got The Lance Dance currently airing um, On ESPN and Netflix um, Which follows, you know, Michael Jordan's last season With the uh, Chicago Bulls Now What's interesting is ESPN have said that they had sent a film crew out and followed um, Kobe Bryant in his last season with the Los Angeles Lakers in 2016. Um, so Bryant saw the footage, uh, you know, late last year. And I think the idea was to create a similar documentary But they'd release it, you know, a few years down the line But because of his, um, you know, the, the death in January They've, uh, you know, I think the plan is that they're going to um, fast track this project So we could see uh, you know, Kobe's version, uh, yeah, sometime soon, which will be interesting because it wasn't the best of seasons, but he did, you know, what I mean, he, he had some great performances in it, so yeah, that will be interesting. Um, all right, so Netflix have renewed their first African original series, Queen Sono. Uh, so that's got a, uh, yeah, that's going to come back for a second season. Uh, it's, you know, it's based around a highly trained spy who takes on dangerous missions while also facing challenges in her personal life. Uh you know, the word is that the second season will see her search for the truth as her newfound need for revenge takes her on a mission across Africa. So, um, yeah, you know, that, that could be uh, interesting, right? Um, so, other news. Um, Narivata... Uh, Narivata, Narrat, oh my days, Narrativa, um, has you know got a deal with Motive Pictures and Endeavor Content to create a um, a new a lot of TV series based on Terry Pratchett's Discworld novels. 
So, um, yeah, this could be interesting because, you know, he wrote 40 books in the Discworld universe. Um, now, a few have been turned into TV shows. Uh, so there was um, Hogfather, The Color of Magic and Going Postal in um, the 2000s. So, uh, you know, yeah, I thought they, I didn't like them, but I know they were quite popular. And recently, uh, his, um, you know, Good Omens book that he did with Neil Gaiman was turned into a series. Um, so, yeah, it, it, you know, that got real good uh, traction. So, it'll be interesting to see what happens. You know, as, especially with technology to where, where it is now. You know, you think... Hey, they should be able to really do a great job at, uh, you know, depicting those worlds. Another franchise coming to TV is um, Clive Baker's Hellraiser. Yeah. So, this will be unrelated to the, um, the film in development at Spyglass. But uh, yeah, so this is going to be a completely new situation um, It's going it, to, you know, it's getting developed by HBO And it's going to be directed, well the pilot and a few other episodes You know, are going to be directed by David Gordon Green Who is behind the, the recent Halloween re- um, it wasn't really a reboot, was it? Um, but the new lot of Halloween films. Um, so the thing is, this isn't going to be a reboot or a retooling. So it's um, just a continuation from the films. You know, so um, it'll be interesting to see how they do it. You know, how they... How they set it and frame it, really. You know, because there's been um, 10 films, right? So I think the majority were like direct to um, video, uh, but three did hit the cinema. Uh, so, yeah, it kind of depends when they. Kind of come into the mix With all of this Because I think one of the films Was like set way in the future Or something crazy like that But um I don't know man Pinhead I have not seen any of those films But I just remember seeing The, the, the video cover As a kid And oh my god Yeah that <laughs> oh man or I, I just every time Like when the lights were out I just envisioned that Crazy ass thing Appearing <laughs> uh, <laughs> Oh man uh, And um, yeah Finally So um, R.L. Stein's Goosebumps So another franchise uh, So this is um, Yeah Going to be coming to TV as well 
You know, so it's through um, Scholastic Entertainment, Original Film and Sony Pictures TV. Um, Like, no word on, you know, when this will happen or anything like that. But, uh, you know, it is said that Elo um, Lockies, Catelyn Friedman and Neil H. Moritz will be um, executive producing along with Pavan Shetty. Um, you know, it's always, I think it's always been, a, a, you know, a popular franchise. You know? So, uh, we had the, the 90s TV show. Um, I think that was on Nickelodeon, right? And then there was a couple of films in the recent years. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see um, what happens with this. But, people, that is it for another episode. Uh, so, yeah. <sighs> keep safe, people. You know what I mean? Try and keep that sanity in check. And we will uh, catch up with you again next week. Alright? So, keep it easy, man. Peace.